Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. And good to be along with you for a second hour of sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Cardinals manager Mike Schilt is with us in just about seven minutes. He'll be with us from San Diego where the Cardinals lost last night. 13 to 3. The Cardinals fell behind early and a former Cardinal got it done. A hanging curveball, deep left field, and this is going to leave the park. Jake Cronenworth scores on Tommy Pham's first home run of the year, 2-0 San Diego. Second inning. There's a high fly ball, deep left field. O'Neal at the wall. He jumps, and the ball's gone. A home run for Ha Sung Kim, his second big league home run. 3-0 San Diego. Tough day for Adam Wainwright, third inning. First pitch to Nola's hit hard to right field towards the line. Backing up is Carlson, and it's over his head and over the wall. A three-run home run by Austin Nola down the right field line, and the Padres now lead 6-0. The home run ball has hurt Wainwright tonight. And the Cardinals, Wainwright, came back out and pitched in the fourth. He was asked by Katie Wu of The Athletic. Hey, uh, hey Wayne, I'm just wondering your, your take on, on what was going on tonight with your command, specifically with your curveball. Yeah, command with everything. But my fastball command was horrible. My cutter was up in the zone. My changeup was up in the zone. And my curveball was hangers, just absolute hangers. Just really nothing you can really, uh, you know, say other than it was just a terrible performance um just didn't didn't execute anything and 
you know, I, kn I knew that they had uh, three of their big guys out of the lineup, maybe four out of the lineup. And I, I guarded against that early on. I didn't get complacent. I really tried to stay focused and, and uh, treat it, you know, like it was like those guys were in there and I just didn't, uh, didn't execute. I mean, it was just, there's no excuse. I just pitched bad, just pitched terrible. That is Adam Wainwright. And he also went on to say that he hoped all the kids were asleep and not watching or playing Uno or something. He said, because it was not a good outing by Wainwright. He didn't like the way he was at the plate either, but uh, we'll talk to Mike Schilt about it here in a little bit. One thing about Wayno is he kept going back out there and wanted to actually go back out and get maybe six more outs and try to go six innings to preserve the bullpen, but it was not to be. And the bullpen got beat up pretty good also uh, after Yadier Molina hit a home run to make it 6-1 and Arenado hit a home run in the sixth to make it 6-2. The bullpen gave up more runs. Machado with an RBI single and it just kind of avalanche from there. Final score was 13-3. The Padres over the Cardinals. So the Cardinals move forward with a ball game here tonight at 6.08. Kwon Young Kim is going to make the start. He's off to a very good start. He's 1-0 with a 2.74 ERA. Kim works fast, throws a number of pitches for strikes, and most importantly, he throws strikes. And he throws them often. And Kim can be tough to handle when he's working fast and you don't know what's coming. So we'll see if that can kind of quiet down the Padres a little bit. They're going to respond with Ryan Weathers, who's 2-1 and one with a .81 ERA. He's off to a nice little start as well for the Padres, who are missing some big-name pitchers, Snell and a Darvish in this series because they pitched in the previous series. So the Cardinals don't see them, but they will see Weathers who is a lefty and he has appeared in eight games, a two and one record again, a 0.81 ERA. He has 20 strikeouts in 22 in a third inning. So we'll see how he looks tonight against the Cardinals at 608. The Cardinals are the first place team in the national league central three games better than the Brewers. The best of any team in baseball in terms of division leads. Nobody has a bigger lead in their division than the Cardinals do at three games, but the Brewers are 500 club. They've lost three in a row. In fact, everybody in the division's 500 or lower except for the Cardinals, six games over 500 at 23 and 17. That's good enough for the second best record in the National League. They're actually tied with the Padres. Teams have identical records, 23 and 17. Best team in the NL is the Giants at 23 and 16. We'll be back with Cardinals manager Mike Schilt from San Diego on the Mike Schilt Show on KMOX. Time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals 2021 season with Redbirds manager Mike Schilt. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. It's 11:17, and great to be joined by Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. He is with us in San Diego. It's a new day. Cardinals have a game tonight at 6:08. Mike, and great to be along with you. How are you? Doing great, Tom. How about yourself, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I love the great thing about baseball is, and of course, we'll talk about all these games. But you turn the page and you play another ball game. There's a bunch of them, and you get after it tonight as uh, you try to get one from the Padres. Been a, a tough series so far. First game was a long one, five-four uh, loss. The second one last night, Adam Wainwright just uh, he said it himself. He just, for whatever reason, felt good, but uh, just didn't have what he needed to get the job done. 
yeah, you know, gave us his best effort. Um, balls in the middle of the plate, some close misses to get him in hitters counts. Guys uh, made him pay for some mistakes over the plate, and you know, you just respect Wayno for for uh, owning up to. Not his best day, but you know he's going to rebound and look forward to his next outing. That's right. He wanted to keep going, did or how? You tell me. How did he kind of handle the situation? And knowing that your bullpen uh, probably needed some rest, uh, and if he goes deep, that helps the cause. So what? How is what is that like? Especially when a pitcher of his magnitude of competitiveness has given up six runs. Well, you know, clearly you want you know want to be in that situation to begin with, but um. You know, got behind the eight ball, um, you know, hung a breaking ball, and Tommy hit a two-run homer, and, um, you know, then Noel with a three-run homer in the third, high-pitch count, um, you know, clearly. I mean, sometimes guys go out, and especially Adam, he'll go out and, you know, not quite have his best stuff early on, but has the real ability to, to kind of, you know, to get it and then to kick into gear, and next thing you know, he's in the sixth or seventh with, you know, four or five scoreless and retired, you know, 13 or 14 type thing, but um, you know, last night just wasn't going to be his night. And um, but also looked up and you know, the balancing act because you don't want to hang a guy like that out to dry, but also he's also a warrior and recognizes a real pro veteran of the game and understands the big picture. You know, the night before we were in our bullpen in the third, um, so he recognizes that you know we needed some some innings and um, came in after third, talked to him. He said, "Look, you know, I I, I got three more zeros." I mean. And um, to his his credit, he went back out and got a zero in the fourth. And then at that point, he's he's at a really high pitch mark, and his spot in the order's up. We got to make a little push to try to get back in it. And um, said, you know, that's it. And he said, no, I got more, I got more. And I said, no, I appreciate that, but it's uh, you know, you've done enough. And and so uh, you know, it's like I said, balancing act. And and you wouldn't do that with a younger guy necessarily, but you don't want to do it to anybody really. Um, but Wayne knows, like you know, I got. I got bullets left. Let me shoot them, and, and um, you know I'll, I'll figure out a way. And you know, very selfless in that regard because he knows that you know he's not without his best stuff. He's got a chance to you know have a, have some more runs tacked on, and that'll look good for his ERA. But he's he's team over uh, individual performance, and it's just a lot of respect for the mentality. I'm not. Uh, I know you're not on social media, but the thing that starts to get attached to Wainwright on social media now is dad moments. So people will will show pictures of him congratulating teammates and big smile on his face of being proud of his teammates as being a, another Wayno dad moment. He really is though, kind of like the dad to a lot of those players, isn't he? I mean, they gosh, do they look up to him? I mean, and and what an effect he has on your dugout, even in a situation like that, the respect even goes higher. Yeah, because you you know he's you can say a lot of things and he does, and he's he's got a lot of wisdom when he talks and. And uh, but he also actions do speak louder than words, and you know how he went about it. It's um, you know, first of all, you don't want to go have it happen, but when you know you when you, it happens, you know it's a hard game, and, and uh, guys are human beings, and and I think sometimes people can forget that. But um, you know, he had a human moment, and wasn't at his best, and the other teams, you know, they're trying to, and um, how he handled that, and then how he went about being a good teammate is multiple positive uh, modeling for the rest of the group. 
Wainwright uh, takes the loss. He's 2-4 and four on the season. Cardinals lost the game, and after the game, Wainwright even looked out for the kids in the audience. He said, I hope the kids weren't watching that when they were <laughs> asleep, or he, <laughs> or he said, I hope they were playing Uno or whatever, whatever, because I wasn't very good. Well, we'll see what he's like the next time around. He usually is pretty dynamite. Uh, the Cardinals uh, turn to Junior Fernandez, and then Matt Carpenter. Uh, how about Matt going out there? Can we talk about him going out there and twirling, what was it, an inning and... A third of scoreless? Uh, what was that like? Uh, unfortunate, but um, there's provided some levity. I mean, you know, you don't go in a game thinking Carp's going to pitch, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, the last couple of years, you know, you get in those situations from time to time, and, you know, I really don't like to have a position player throw. You know, the pitchers pitch, the position players play. and um, But there's, there's circumstances that, you know, you get back-to-back games where a lot of bullpen usage is taking place. You don't want to use your you know, your back end guys who carried a lot of the the, the you know, mail this year. Um so Carp for years has been like, I'm your guy, I'm your guy and you know, I've um I pitched other position players in front of him and you know, he's like, I'm telling you, uh, you know. And um so yesterday he said, If you need me, I'm in there so he went out there and um, you know, appreciate the heart to that and and uh I think he had a good time with it and got his resume a inning a third scoreless baseball from the pitching perspective. He did. And fans, uh, I know, had some fun with that. Look, and, yeah. you know, the Padres hit three home runs, but so did the Cardinals. Now, I'm, no one's throwing a parade necessarily about that, but, you know, the Cardinals did hit three home runs last night. Molina, Arenado, and Bader all went deep. This Cardinals team has become a power team. Uh, now, for a while there, you were hanging in that game. It was 6-2 to two after the Arenado home run, and then it just kind of got away, but... Uh, where's all the power coming from? Is this good? Does this go back to the conversation that you and I had about hard contact and staying with that approach, Mike? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, something we've been talking about, thinking about working on, um, you know, and we, of course, no one's a guy that's, that's, you know, traditionally hit some with some power for sure. And, um, you know, Yachty's driving the ball again, feeling good. And Bader's clearly got power and, you know, it's, um, it's a little bit of both. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you, know, you try to hit homers, you know, that's a hard recipe. Um, but you have a mentality of getting a good pitch to hit and putting an aggressive swing on it and trying to drive the baseball. Whatever happens, happens. And, you know, you got a chance to drive the ball the other way, which is what Yachty did. You know, opposite field home run, impressive. Um, you know, Nolan's ball's in the left center gap, you know, so you're not trying to yank it out of uh, the ballpark with some big swing, just trying to drive through the baseball. And, He's got a big, strong, you know, human beings, and they get they put a good swing on a baseball aggressively on a ball they can handle. Ball's going to go. It's going to go into gaps when we have the ballpark. So that's really the approach, and and uh, you know it's been a good one, and uh, it's been something we've been working on for years, and and uh, getting guys to get in the zone more. And people say, well, that's you know that can't be that hard. Well, you know, you walk up there with that bat in your hand, and guys throwing <laughs> the stuff they're throwing these days. Um, there's been a lot of intentional work taking place. The guys, the players, get all the credit, and you know, you're seeing, you're seeing the benefit. No, no question. Uh, the Cardinals have a pretty consistent lineup, I would say, for the most part. I mean, you've been going, especially one through four, and then you've had to shuffle a few things around because Paulie is injured. Paul DeYoung is is out the Cardinals shortstop, but you put Tommy Edmond in there, certainly capable of doing that. And then at second base, Max Moroff gets the start. Boy, was he hot in Memphis, and I'm sure that was part of your thinking. Let's Let's get him in there and see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, Paul, he got hit in the ribs the other day, first game in Milwaukee, and, 
um, try to go the next day and didn't feel great and looked at some imaging and um, non-displaced fracture in his in one of his ribs. So I think it's going to be you know at the ten day markish. Um, but anyway, yeah, provide an opportunity for um, more off to come up. You know, went two for five the other day. His batting average went down um, in Memphis, of course, earlier in the year. But um, had a good spring force, had some big league time, and had a righty going yesterday. And you know, fired him in there and and uh, got him an opportunity. Uh, what about Edmundo Sosa, who's been able to contribute for you? Not necessarily written into your starting lineup, but he did come in and play some third base yesterday. Do you still see him as a versatile uh, backup for you, somebody who can play multiple positions in that infield? Well, he's done it. I mean, he's played second, short, and third. So, yeah, I do um, feel like that's the case. Um, you know, he'll be in there tonight. They got a lefty starting, so we'll go with him at shortstop and put Eddie over at second base. Gotcha. I appreciate this as always. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into a little more pitching and talk about the the rotation and your bullpen. But I also want to ask you about Bush Stadium increasing capacity and what that feels like from your perspective, uh, getting that fan support and a whole bunch of other things with Mike Schilt, who joins us. On KMOX, the Mike Schilt Show. Don't forget, we'll also have our Dolan Memory Care Play of the Week. That's on the way. It's 1127. Sports on a Sunday morning continues right after this. Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Cardinal baseball tonight at 6.08 from Petco Park in San Diego. It's a nice ballpark, isn't it, Mike? 6.08 start as the Cardinals play a night game. You'll get a little national TV attention, although we like to draw the attention to the radio. We like to tell people that we have that great crew that'll be all over your game, John Rooney and Ricky Horton. Uh, Jim Jackson at the controls. Mike Claiborne does the pregame interview with you. We love that consistency. But we also, I like that ballpark in, in San Diego. Uh, it's it it's turning into a, a Pretty good one over time, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's a nice ballpark. Great situation. You know, they're um, they're drawing well now that, I mean, to draw as best they can, but the fans are really passionate. It's probably a better way of putting it. They, um, they're really into their team. They're excited about their club, and it's a, um, it's a, it's a nice ballpark to play in. Yeah, it's nice. My sister lives there. I, I don't know if she's going to the game tonight or not, but uh, my buddy Adam was there yesterday, last night with his kids, all wearing Cardinals gear. He lives in San Diego, having a good time. It's a, it's a good place. A lot of Cardinals fans, transplants out there on the West Coast taking in your ball games. Tell you what, though, there is no place. And I, of course, I'm biased, born and raised. But there is no place like Bush Stadium when it's full. And we're not there yet. It's possible uh, with vaccination numbers going up that we could get there. What we do know, Mike, is that capacity has been increased uh, in COVID protocols to roughly 60%. So about 30,000 coming up for this upcoming homestand, especially with the Cubs in town. That is fun. And I'm sure that that news gets to you and your players who love playing in front of those fans. Yeah, it's phenomenal good news. Um, people are really excited. Nick Clubhouse, staff. I mean, we're we're so pumped about getting getting you know Cardinal Nation back and and more. I mean, they've been loud. I mean, heck, it's been amazing that um, you know the crowds have been fantastic and their energy's been wonderful. And I just know they're excited to get back in the ballpark and watch watch us play. And um, but now we're doubling capacity, and and that's really um, really exciting for the group. And we can't wait to um, experience that when we get home. 
and a number of players will feel the love. And I would think that Nolan Arenado, who's already enjoyed it, he's really going to feel it now when he gets one of those big thunderous ovations. And who knows if you, when you get to 45, 46,000, but uh, he's having fun, isn't he, with your team and in St. Louis? I certainly hope so. He's played well. Um, you know, he's, he's been um, a great addition, clearly. And um, he's having a, I think he's having a really good time and enjoying himself and enjoying the atmosphere, enjoying the club and enjoying playing our, 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 our brand of baseball. He's so observant. I love how he talks about Yachty directing traffic and how he talks about Wainwright and his influence on others and how he really, uh, he told me this, gosh, before the season even started, that he was very observant of Jack Flaherty. I, I find a very high respect from Arenado for Flaherty's athleticism and kind of how Flaherty is competitive and wise beyond his years, it seems. Mike, I, I feel that from Nolan, don't you? Yeah, I think Nolan, I do. And, um, you know, a characteristic that probably didn't get talked about a lot because maybe people don't get the opportunity to experience and see it up close, but, you know, we're blessed to be able to do it. But, you know, high-level players are talented, clearly. They're also typically very observant. They um, they see things. They understand what competition looks like. They look around. They're paying attention. You know, a player that, you know, is just coming up to a league regardless of level, including the big league level, you know, some guys are just trying to get out of the, you know, figure their own where they where they stand, which is normal. You know, you're in a new environment. They're trying to kind of get themselves settled in. And then players that take the next step and stay in the league for a longer time and, and have as productive careers or ability allows them usually get, learn to get through the phase of uh, let me just take care of me and then realize, okay, I'm settled in and I can literally see the field and observe other things, which opens your game up and, and allows a really hard game to get easier. And, and Nolan um, is very observant and able to see the whole field. It's well said about superstars. And I also find that the best players just don't get too, it's sort of cliche because I've, I've interviewed them over the years and you hear this, don't get high, don't get too low kind of thing, but it's true. I mean, they, they don't get too down when things don't go their way, but they also don't get too uh, excited either. You know, it's, it's the, you, you of course love and appreciate what you're doing, but you have to stay even keeled and that though the best players do that, don't they? Really do. And, uh, you know, from the standpoint of not getting too far down, most of those players understand that, A, the game is hard and, um, you know, recognize that, you know, it doesn't work out for them. But they also have a reference point of, you know, I've got ability and I'm going to trust my ability. I'm anchored to something that allows me to, to be consistent in this game. It's not working at the moment. It's frustrating. Don't get, you know, don't get me wrong, guys get super frustrated. Um, when things don't go their way or they're not performing like they would like to, but they, uh, they're anchored to something and they go back to, to doing what they do well. And, and then typically they get back into more positive traction and the flip side of that, they're doing well. And, and, uh, they also know the game is hard. Um, you know, once you think you're right, you can, you can be rotten. Um, and you know, we just, you know, you, you don't want to get, you know, you want to gain from the confidence, enjoy it, but, uh, just to recognize that, you know, there's some, you know, the game can be a little fickle, may not be the right word, but unforgiving sometimes. Um, and, you know, to the point earlier about hitting the balls hard, you know, we got kind of roasted a little bit earlier in the year about hitting balls hard and people, you know, understandably want the results. And that's the one thing about this game that's also a challenge. You know, you do well, but you also know right around the corner you can still do well and, you know, 
couple balls get hit at somebody or as a team, you know, a couple guys will have good starts. And, and then all of a sudden people are like, hey, what's going on? What are we doing? You know, and there's the overreaction to that. And, you know, you don't want to minimize it, but you can't get one way or the other or you'll lose your balance in a very long season. I, I mean, pop the popcorn for Hater against Arenado. Like that matchup is just fascinating to watch. I love those two heavy hitters going head to head. I, I had a lot of fun watching those at bats, but I also uh, just overall thought that was a very competitive, well played series on both sides. And you won it. You got that series. That was a big one for you. As so the division, it's still very early, but you have the biggest division lead of any team in a very competitive NL Central. Uh, that was uh, a good one for you going up to Milwaukee and getting it, Mike. Great hard-fought series, good baseball, great pitching, great pitching on um, both sides. Um, you know, our stars were great. Their stars were really good. Bullpens were great. Um, came down to little things, and we were able to execute and uh, get some get some big plays to take two out of three. Uh, when it comes to pitching, the one thing I know that uh, you have talked about, that Mike Maddox has talked about, that I think everyone recognizes is walks, and walks don't help. But one thing you brought up to the media here recently I found interesting was that walks aren't all the same. Some walks are more competitive than others. Can you expand on that and, and how that uh, plays into obviously something you want to correct, but also something that uh, can represent good at-bats on the other side too? Yeah, so I mean, you know, you just lump this category of walks. You're walking too many people. Don't walk a guy, you know. And, and it's right. Look, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm most no, nobody likes anything given away for free in competition. And you know, our, our one of our little mantras is, you know, we give nothing and take everything, and that's what competition's about. So, you know, I, I, I really have a hard time when we walk people. Um, but then you look at it and you recognize what precipitated the walk and you know they kind of bucket them into three categories one is just a non-competitive walk and there's no real you know they happen guys again are human you want to give some grace but you also want to recognize that hey you know we need to make sure if we're walking somebody we're making competitive pitches so if we're having a four or five pitch walk without any competitive pitches um that's that's an issue and and that's something that we got to figure out how to clean up how do we clean it up well um you know, it could be a couple things. Could be a guy's, you know, off a little bit mechanically. Could be he's off a little bit with his mindset. Could be he's not, you know, pitching, throwing something that, you know, he, he's able to throw for a strike in the moment. Um, you know, some combination thereof. But, you know, those are things that we, we, you know, clearly look at and address. And there's other times that, you know, guy goes up and has a, you know, 10, 12 pitch at bat and fouling off your tough pitches. And then, you know, borderline pitch doesn't go your way on a full count. Well, you know, you can you tip your hat. Guy earned, guy earned his walk, and um, you know, last night Tommy Evan ended up flying out, but you know, started the game with a twelve pitch at bat. Um, you know, if he ended up walking, gosh darn, you know, that's a heck of a heck of an at bat by Tommy. He earned the walk. Uh, and then there's times where um, you got a guy that is hitting that that is a little more of a strikeout guy, low lower walk guy. Um, that you're trying to, you know, make him get himself out. You're trying to, um, and Yachty's really the best at this. Um, he understands the situation. He knows what, where to pick his fights. Um, and sometimes there's a guy that's a tough, tough hitter that you're going, man, we don't want to give in to this guy. So we make, we pitch him really, really tough. And if we walk in, then, you know, we, we, uh, we live with that. And, and, you know, but a lot of times those guys end up making some softer contact, get down and, and, um, you know, people may not be as aware of that happen, you know, in, in the moment. So, um, 
and you know, but the guy ends up walking. So, you know, there's different categories of it, but the first one where we're just not throwing as many competitive pitches is the one that, that really is the most frustrating for us. Uh, you have a strike thrower uh, pretty close, and that is Miles Michaelis, who's going to make a rehab start today for Memphis, and we'll see where it goes from there. But I'm sure the reports you've received are pretty good on Miles. They are. They've been favorable. Um, he's feeling good, most importantly, recovering well. We've talked to him after every time out, um, and he's throwing today, and, you know, hopefully gets up to 85 ish pitch mark and feels good and, and, um, you know, is ready to come back, you know, sooner than later. And Carlos Martinez, everything okay there? Um, well, he's getting better. I mean, clearly, you know, he's on the IL yeah. um, with his with his ankle. But um, after celebrating Jack's homer, one of those quirky things. But um, no, he played catch up 200 feet, and he's supposed to get off the mound lightly today, uh, based on weather in St. Louis, and we'll evaluate when we get home. And uh, we're John Mozeliak's coming up in just a few minutes here, the Cardinals president of baseball operations. But just a, a final thing for you, uh, peeking ahead, and I know that we, we typically don't do this because we have a, another game to play tonight, uh, but to be able to come home and uh, get after the division again, it's, it's a, a, a grind of a season. But just overall, just your final thought on kind of where you are, Mike, just to, as – Sitting, I know we talk about standings, and you're at the top of the division, but your overall feeling about your team, just across all phases as we sit here on May 16th. Well, like you say, I mean, you know, we lead the division. I think we have the best record in the National League, so pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, feel pretty good about it. I mean, I still think we, you know, we've played consistently. Our starting pitching has been a big part of us being able to play well. Um, you know, starting pitching is a that's why those guys make 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 good money, man. You know, they because because you know that starting pitching will get you later in the game and and uh, get you to set up your bullpen like you want to set it up. And um, but you know, overall, our starting pitch has been really good and our bullpen's been effective and um, our defense, especially the last you know month or so, has been outstanding. Three three really plus plays last night with Edmund O'Neill and Bader. Um, and you mentioned our offense. We've got a, a you know more holistic approach to it, driving the baseball, doing some damage, more consistency with our offense, and um, we've run the bases really, really well. Also, um, you know we didn't get to the um, couple of the games while we won them in Milwaukee necessarily, but um, you know Tommy Evelyn a couple stole bases, Lane Thomas stole third, set us up for a couple runs. That, you know in a close ball game, we win two nothing. So doing a lot of things well, and um, just need to continue to play the game right in every phase and we'll take our chances we always love these times with you before we go our memorable play of the week is sponsored by dolan memory care homes if you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live contact dolan memory care homes where they have no more than 11 residents per household visit dolancare.com mike if you look back over the past week what would you pick as your memorable play of the week yeah, we didn't talk about it, but um, much about the Brewer series. But um, the Goldie two-run homer in the eleventh um, that broke up that tie was a was a big blow that that was a big part of that winning that game and then setting us up for you know winning that series. Oh, it was something, and here it is. Goldschmidt against Milwaukee through the years has hit three twenty nine, twenty two doubles, eighteen home runs, and fifty six runs batted in. He's trying to give the Cardinals the lead. The pitch. 
A swing, and there's a high fly ball. That's hit deep. Left center field. It might go. It's a goner. A two-run homer for Goldsmith. Three to one Cardinals in the 11th. Home run number six for Paul Goldschmidt. And then Tyler O'Neill launched a three-run homer after that. You just never know when this Cardinals team's going to strike. And a five-run 11th inning got that win 6-1. to one. Dolan, Memory Care Homes, memorable play of the week. Mike, we appreciate it so much. Have a great game tonight against the Padres. We'll be listening. Will do. Have a blessed day. Thanks, Tom. You too. There's the Cardinals manager, Mike Schild. Always great to visit with him. It's 1146. John Moselock is next. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Really nice conversation with Cardinals manager Mike Schult from San Diego. Appreciate that. Always good talking ball. It's just one of my favorite things to do. Get up in the morning, get the show ready to go, and talk some baseball, and we get to do it back-to-back. Mike Schult and now John Moselock joins us. Always a pleasure to be with the Cardinals president of baseball operations. Good morning, Mo. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Good morning. Uh, good morning, and good to talk to you. And the Cardinals uh, lost last night, but Schulte was uh, solid this morning, as always, talking baseball in what is a long grind of a season. And he likes the club. I mean, what's not to like when you're at the top of the division and knocking on the door of the top in the National League? When we left last time, when we talked last week, we discussed uh, that the one of your last things we talked about was the fact that in all phases, this team is looking pretty solid. How would you feel after a week's review of beating the Rockies, the Brewers, and going toe-to-toe here with the Padres tonight? Yeah, I think, like, you know, obviously the last couple nights um, were very reminiscent, I think, of game two and three in the season when we just didn't get the starting pitching that could take us deeper into a game. And then it it, it really does sort of expose, you know, the, the depth of your bullpen. And, you know, obviously with Andrew Miller... Ponce de Leon, guys that, that you were counting on are, are injured, it, it really sort of um, affects your depth. And so, you know, you think back to Friday night and, and you know, Oviedo just didn't have it. He's got incredible stuff. He should be one of those guys that has a, a really, really good career in the big leagues, but he's got to learn to throw to the plate. And, um, you know, hitting's hard. And so when you, when you try to make it even harder by giving free passes – it really does put just an enormous amount of pressure on on yourself and your team. And so you look at those past couple of nights, the best thing I can say about Friday and Saturday is they're behind us, and uh, you know hopefully we can move forward, and, and hopefully KK can give us something tonight. Yeah, he's one of the good ones there at throwing strikes, no doubt. And you have another one waiting in the wings. How close do you think, and I guess we'll find out more when he throws today, is Miles Michaelis, who you've leaned on to let the defense make the plays behind him? Yeah, you know, another guy that, uh, you know, we're hopeful it's sooner rather than later. Um, obviously, uh, um, the good part about this coming week is if we have to go with four starters, we can just because of the, the way it lines up. Uh, so we can buy a little extra time that way with the two off days on Monday and Thursday. But, you know, like I watched him throw his bullpen the other day. I know he's feeling pretty good. And so I think today he's looking for some positive results, and hopefully that goes well for him. What do you think about Carlos Martinez uh, on that standpoint? I know the ankle injury was kind of a freak thing, but uh, what's the plan for him? Is he going to be able to throw today? 
well, as I'm speaking to you now, he's, he's uh, warming up. And so we're going to watch his bullpen here in a few minutes. So have a better update on that shortly. But, you know, the fact that he's clear to throw a light bullpen is encouraging. Oh, bummer that uh, we don't have enough time. I would love the John Mosellock play-by-play. Just give me a couple. Just give me a couple, you know, a little, little. Well, uh, you know, if the young man showed up a little earlier, I could have, but uh, <laughs> here he is rolling in at noon. So uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's fine. But, you know, again, like getting Carlos Miles, all these guys back, it just, then you get back to that depth that you think you had. But, you know, this time that's when you have these types of injuries, you get tested. There's no doubt about it. How do you feel about your bench depth right now as you are uh, testing that with the injury to Paul DeYoung? Well, I think it's an, a good opportunity for some of these guys. So, you know, hopefully uh, um, Sosa can get some at-bats. I, I'm very impressed with Tommy at short, Tommy Edmond. I think he's done a really nice job. So um, he continues to uh, uh, surprise us in, in terms of just how good he is and how versatile he is. So I think, you know, the one takeaway from that injury, it gives you a lot of confidence that if you know you got to give someone a day off, he can go anywhere. I think the one thing is we better make sure that we give Tommy a day off at some point so we don't wear him down. Yeah, that's a good point. And then uh, looking at the minor leagues, you dip in, you bring in Max Moroff, and uh, I guess the final thing is keeping an eye on the minor league system right now. What has jumped out at you that you've liked so far from some of the performances? I think probably the the, the one performance um, from Jordan Walker has probably been the most impressive. Um, Just really swinging the bat. Great to see. He was our first-round pick last year. And, um, you know, from an exit velocity standpoint and actually getting hits, it's been really amazing. So um, right now, I think the best news is we're, we're, again, like I said last week, we're playing baseball. Um, Right now, our double-A team is really struggling. But I just I'm not in a position really to try to, like, solve these problems yet. Just need to let these guys play a little baseball. And then in a couple weeks, we'll reevaluate. Appreciate the time. We'll let you get back to the Carlos uh, warm-up tosses. And thanks for joining us on KMOX as always. All right. That sounds good. See ya. Thank you. John Mozalock with us on KMOX. Uh, by the way, keep in mind that uh, for those who were curious, the Albert Pujols uh, report from yesterday has not become official. That is not something that's been finalized uh, and announced by the Dodgers. So it's pretty tough for, I think, the Cardinals to make any sort of statement at this point, but that's just uh, uh, something that we'll keep an eye on for sure. 1157, the news is next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.